Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brady Perkins. Yeah, just a two-man crew this week. Uh, yeah. We're not lacking for any news here. No, we're not. We've got, you know, an update on what PlayStation Plus games are coming for the rest of this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some dates here for things. Uh, mm-hmm. And we got a bunch of controversies at studios. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, five of them here at least. Uh, that is quite a bit, but mm-hmm. we'll get to all that stuff after we talk about what we've been playing. And I'll kick it off here. Uh, the big game I got this week is uh, Theater Rhythm mm-hmm. Final Bar Line. Yep. Uh, I keep wanting to say like Thin Blue Line. <laughs> uh, it's a very dumb name for a very dumb named series mm-hmm. in general, but uh, this is the third game in the series of rhythm titles featuring Final Fantasy music that uh, this one's the first one on consoles. I believe the previous mm. two were on 3DS. And they come in with over almost 400 songs in the base game Damn. for 50 bucks. Uh, it's like 385 I think. Uh, if you get the super, you know, super expensive $100 edition, uh, you get over 500 with all the season passes and such, mm-hmm. though I do I do not recommend it mainly because that's a lot of money. You're not going to get everything right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're releasing it periodically. I was looking; uh, they do they have a little news pop up you can initiate in the game. Mm-hmm. It shows like what the the first pack is, which is a saga pack that I believe has like two Final Fantasy Legend songs in it, mm-hmm. like one from the first game, one from the second. Uh, a few from uh, one of the saga games. I forget one of the first ones. And there's like one from Minstrel Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let you like listen to a little bit of them mm-hmm. before you go buy them. Uh, but each of the season passes seems like have quite a bit of songs in it. But I would recommend unless you're Jones in to play them right away, mm-hmm. which right now you're not going to be able to play them all for at least probably a, a month or two. Uh, just wait, get them on sale, wait till they're all available at once, mm-hmm. uh, whatever works for you for that. But mm. I don't think you should be pre-ordering that DLC, uh, because by the time you'll probably get to, uh, a bunch of it, you know, mm-hmm. you'll have, uh, that stuff going on sale Yeah, as is typical for Square Enix stuff. Now that it's not published by Nintendo, mm-hmm. this game can go on sale. Yep. Like often. Like, mm-hmm. Octopath Traveler 2 is going to have the same thing where you're going to be able to get that at decent prices yep. in the summer. Mm-hmm. So no need to rush to it if there's 15 other things happening mm-hmm. that week. Uh, so, But yeah, this game, the way it works on a controller is that there are the basic notes, which you can use any of the four face buttons, four mm-hmm. D-pad directions, or four shoulder buttons to initiate. Mm-hmm. And They'll have directional notes that are for the analog sticks to push in whatever direction. Sometimes they'll have double. That means you need to use both sticks. But Mm -hmm. uh, if they're opposites, there's no like specific order for the the way that they're ordered. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you have literally arrows pointing outwards in Mm -hmm. opposite directions on like a horizontal basis, then pointing inwards, you could literally hit them the exact same way both times. It'll still count. Uh, it's not picky. Maybe the higher difficulties are more picky on that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been playing on the the easiest difficulty because that is challenging enough at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will probably bump it up at a certain point. But right now I've been doing that. Uh, but yeah, those are the basic controls. Uh, but they do introduce like holds uh, for multiple uh, buttons, usually just two from what I've seen so far. Mm. Uh, but I know in harder difficulties, you'll have a lot more of uh, holding you know, one down, another track coming up, so you have to like sw- swap, uh, swap to another button to hold down, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the field music stages, which is more the you know exploration music stuff, uh, they'll have the version of those holds where you have to hold the analog stick up or down based on you know the direction that the the line is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's going upward, you want to hold up, and that'll keep you with it. Uh, it initially, it's a bit more daunting because it looks like you have to hold it in like perfect position, but you just have to hold it up or down as it's mm-hmm. going towards its peak in either direction sort of thing. So um, what else is there? There are versions of those holes where you have to hit an analog stick at the, the last note. Mm-hmm. Where you left, where you let off, that kind of stuff. They had lots of tricky stuff in here, but uh, if you're playing on the easier difficulty, that'll be more manageable uh, before you get to you know harder difficulties and all that. And because it's mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, there's a huge RPG element to this, in that you are uh, initially you're unlocking a game's worth of songs. In mm-hmm. the demo, you kind of are able to just start with the same stuff. I think it's two, five, seven. 13, 14, and maybe 15 uh, are the ones that you can pick to start with. I obviously did seven, uh, which gets you the most characters right away to start with, which I think mm-hmm. is seven. Uh, you know, Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, uh, Red 13, Vincent, and Yuffie, I think, is the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of them, they'll add an extra character or two as you beat. Uh, the the entire set list essentially, mm-hmm. so you get Sephiroth at the end for finishing it. Uh, though uh, along the way for each song, there is a side quest that is sort of a special objective for you to complete. Uh, a lot of them are fairly easy uh, for at least you know somebody that's playing it on the basic difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, but some do come in with like, oh, kill nine enemies, and you're like, this team's full of like level tens. It's, we're not getting through nine enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can uh, turn on a live info display that essentially shows you a bunch of stats as you're playing. Mm-hmm. So you can see like how much your distribution of uh, the ratings for each note you hit, mm-hmm. which goes from like miss to bad, good, great, critical, and mm-hmm. rainbow critical is the, the top one. Mm. Uh, that I think if you hit it, uh, you, your your party members do more damage with their attack for mm-hmm. that note. And I think they also have some notes that have like a an extra circle around it that is, I think if you hit it critical or yeah the rainbow critical on that notes you do like a special attack mm. something like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of them are based on fairly simple objectives though. I had one that was like, oh yeah, beat the song on the hardest difficulty. I was like, I tried it once and failed like within 30 seconds because it was doing so much advanced shit I could not even keep up uh, for that so it's like there's a lot that you kind of have to come back to yeah Uh, I think Sephiroth the 
I haven't, I've never gotten anywhere further than the first disc on Final Fantasy VII. So mm-hmm. uh, I find out what the final boss is for it, which is not surprisingly is a, a version of Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I think the difficulty or the, the quest for that one was like, oh, beats, you know, this version of Sephiroth. I never got to him the, when I played it. So mm-hmm. uh, there's, it'll tell you like a, a series of enemies that you'll face. Mm-hmm. And I think that one's the last one. And I had not, my party was not strong enough to get through them all. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of replay factor and that kind of stuff. Um, as well as I think the level cap for the characters is 99. I think mm-hmm. uh, there might be stuff beyond that, uh, but uh, I think that is the the max you can get for one character generally. But yeah, the the game has like item drops for things that are like, you know, double your XP gain mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Oh there's yeah. Like, there's like a health potion so that if you're, your party gets below a certain threshold to use it to refill your health. Mm-hmm. But you can also have healers that have spells for that kind of stuff as well. Uh, you can set up your party to, you know, go for different uh, avenues. Uh, I generally have very basic ones because I don't have that many people unlocked. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's annoying that they only allow you like five sets of parties because mm-hmm. uh, there's a bajillion characters in this game, and so you're saying. I can only have like five teams of four uh, for this game, especially as you're trying to figure out how to do all that stuff. Um, right. So that's kind of the, the big annoying thing there, mm-hmm. but yeah, been having fun with it. Uh, once you complete or clear a game, which is play all the songs in it mm-hmm. and beat them, uh, you unlock a bunch more games that you can unlock as you go. Uh, and so you get like a lot of the, you know, all the mainline games. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII has three because there's Final Fantasy VII Original, there's Remake, and then there's the one for the spin off stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at least Crisis Core and Advent Children have songs in it. There may be other ones that show up in there, but those are the two that I saw mentioned mm-hmm. for that one. Um, that'll give you, you know, more characters with each of them. Uh, that'll go through, you know, 10 has uh, an extra one for 10 2. 13 has an extra one for the two sequels, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. And even extends out to some of the side series. Final Fantasy Tactics has like five songs, I think, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the Chocobo Mystery Dungeon games. There's mm-hmm. Crystal Chronicles, it has one from both the original and the uh, remaster. Mm. Um, even goes to the mobile games like Record Keeper and Mobius. Mm. And Mobius Final Fantasy is probably the most surprising game I've seen so far mm-hmm. because you could tell that one, they got to do whatever the fuck they wanted for music. Because uh, mm. the five songs they chose there, there's there's one that's a very Persona-style track. Uh, there's a a cool like dance techno kind of song. Mm. There's an electronic song. There's an organ anthem song, I would call it, or someone's just playing the organ and just going off on it. Mm. Uh, then the last one you get is basically a death metal song. Yep. And it's like, this is way more than I would expect out of a mobile game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can go onto YouTube and find uh, a bunch of its songs on there. And then mm-hmm. it's like, this is the most impressive one of them all. Cause it's a, 
it's a mobile game nobody's really gonna care about the the lineage of this series, but it has a really fun set of songs mm-hmm. in here. Uh, so that's that's one people should check out. You get one character out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character, I think his name is Wool W O L. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun game. A lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good songs. It'll take you a while to get through all of it, much less do a lot of the extra stuff like getting all the side quests done and all that. Mm-hmm. That is just a it's a fun game for fifty bucks. It's a lot of value there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if you're too busy with other stuff, wait till it goes on sale. It'll be well worth checking out, uh, especially if you want to. Just experience a lot of this music. It has like a music player that you can like set up playlists if you want of the songs you played. Just because I don't know what you want to do that for some reason. Instead of I think they have most, if not all, the songs from many of these games on Spotify. Just seemed like a better way to spend your time on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has music videos essentially, uh, which one is like a music video for Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy VII, so basically showing you like all the cutscenes she's in and things involving her and her death and all that. So, yeah, it's a game that has a lot of stuff going on. The multiplayer is pretty cool. Uh, everybody just picks a song that they have unlocked, and it randomly picks one of those to do. Uh, and the players you play with, you get one of their profile cards, a profile card, essentially, that you can attach a summon stone to it, uh, which gives you you know, a summon that you can uh, activate in, you know, stages and will have unique stats to them that are randomly generated. So that's where you can get some really cool stuff. It's like, oh, 100% XP bonus and, you know, 110% item drop, that kind of stuff that people are setting up games to share those around, uh, which they note on the summon stone, like, oh, this was this was discovered by this person and you got it from this person, that kind of thing. Uh, that is uh, a really cool way of getting some of that stuff out there for people. So, yeah, that's a, a really interesting game. I'm looking forward to putting some more time into it. Uh, but yeah, there's that. Uh, also been playing Wild Hearts. That is yeah. the new EA Toy Tecmo. I think Omega Force is the, the developer on it that made a lot of the, the Warriors games of note. Uh, Musou games, and this is a Monster Hunter clone. Yep. Uh, I'm playing the trial, uh, EA yeah. Play trial, so that's 10 hours. I've played maybe about two and a half, three hours. Uh, it is a really cool Monster Hunter game uh, because, for one thing, your town that you're setting up is not a separate load screen away from the open world. Uh, you just walk out of it, and there's the open world. Go start taking out small enemies or you can set up towers to let you sort of tell you like, Oh, here's where one of the big guys is at. Uh, you can go fights. And those are, those have a really interesting sort of art style to them. This whole mm-hmm. game does. It kind of has a, a, a bit of a, maybe like f- Japanese folklore yeah. kind of aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. That is pretty neat. So the, the, the big monsters are not necessarily beholden to that kind of no. stuff. Because uh, the the first one they have you fight is essentially like a giant squirrel with a big uh, plant tail. Sounds like it's vaguely based on like the idea of like a a tanuki, but yeah, tanukis are not squirrels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very much a a squirrel with a a big uh, like 
it's almost like an acorn mm. tail to it. Uh, but obviously, you can cut off the tail to yeah. get special materials that you can use for making you know new armors or weapons or whatever. Mm. Um, I forget what the second one I fought was. I think it was a it was like a big lizard that uh, had a it had like a lava tail or something like that. It could spit out fire at you. Mm-hmm. That's and then it'll also just literally roll around at you, either like a bowling ball style, like forward, or it would just like flop down on its stomach and just roll around side to side at mm-hmm. you. So you had to be very careful to not uh, get too close to it at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the the big difference I would say from those fights to what you had in Monster Hunters is a little less running away. Uh, they still kind of do it, but they more run away to like specific areas. Because uh, the 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 second fight I had mm-hmm. uh, against the like the the lava lizard thing, that was set like a story mission where you're trying to find a character, and you find them in their like lair kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as this dude is stuck to the ceiling with sap, this like lava sap mm-hmm. uh, to it, so. That is a, a whole thing there. I believe mm-hmm. the trial ends at you getting to like the, the first big city you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the game has a lot of neat stuff, and there's like a whole building mechanic to it uh, when you're kind of setting up your camp as a, a place with a bunch of, you know, uh, point for, you know, making food and, you know, a little tent for your play, your, your ability to like rest, like mm-hmm. pass, passage of time and a forge for the blacksmith to make you armor and such. Uh, a lot of that kind of basic stuff you expect out of a monster hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the field, you can use it, your building stuff to essentially build these big, like wooden blocks that essentially act as either like a springboard you can climb up to get to higher places or to launch yourself off of it to do big, you know, aerial attacks and, you know, to big attacks to the ground, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But you can also set it up as like a a wall to block attacks. Uh, so like if an enemy, a big enemy tries to charge at you, they'll hit that wall, uh, give you a little cover there. Um, it's like a, and I believe if they break any of the the squares, the the cubes, you get your building currency back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of keep doing it over and over again. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of a lot of the the cool stuff they do. Uh, and there's no specific or at least I haven't seen any specific missions. Like you don't initiate them and then you know go into the the field to a pre-setup mission kind of thing. Uh, though I think the story stuff probably does that to a degree, but you have a lot of more bespoke cutscenes and such mm. uh, for that stuff. So yeah, it has a little more freeform nature to it, more open worldish kind of thing to go explore and look for things without necessarily having to mm. you know load into specific maps and that kind of stuff. Though I think you can warp around a bit. So it does have some cool stuff there. Uh, but it's also EA, so it'll probably be half off by the summer. So mm-hmm. I'm not really too inclined to rush to buying the full thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably play more of this trial, see more of what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, been playing more Trigger Witch. I've finished it. Mm-hmm. I've beaten the Man in Black. And the reveal for that is some some wild stuff. Uh, I will spoil it in a sense of who the Man in Black is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as I uh, reveal that the story is kind of a an allegory of gun culture in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then this man in black appears that it seems to be impervious to damage from uh, your guns and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you go to his dungeon at the end of the game, and he reveals himself to be Joseph Stalin. Yep. To which I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. Uh, he's managed to find his way to your world. Mm-hmm. He's trying to harness the power of magic that, unfortunately, the witches have given up on you know ages ago in favor of guns, and you find out like the nature of various parts of the world and all that. And yeah, it's some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely worth checking out. I got the, I finished up the platinum trophy. Uh, it wasn't too difficult mm. uh, for that stuff. The only annoying thing is the the final boss's dungeon is the only dungeon that you can't like warp out to go mm. upgrade your weapons and whatnot. Yeah, so that was kind of annoying because uh, they give you a weapon right in that dungeon, so you're basically using it at its weakest point. Mm-hmm. And so after that, it's not really much to use it for, though they do have a new game plus, but mm. no more no more trophies to go after at that point, so I didn't really feel the need to keep uh, keep uh, going with that game. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun. Uh, let's see, also been playing Haiku the Robot, making some more progress in that on my Steam Deck. Um, yeah, I got some more upgrades. I have a double jump now, and then I got some upgrade from a boss that gives me, like, extra I don't know, distance on the second jump. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the what all is going on there, because the boss just gives it to you, and the game does not explain at all what mm-hmm. what you just got. So there's that. I'm working on a boss that is real tough in this one area, so that's basically what I'm doing in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one's American Truck Simulator. Been working on this uh, holiday events for Valentine's Day that ended today. Mm-hmm. Uh, managed to get the the last few hauls I needed to do uh, earlier today, so wasn't too much of a trouble there. Uh, so that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Uh, well, um, I have played and finished Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which was just amazing. Uh, from beginning to end, pretty much. It was just not only a feast for the eyes, it was also a legitimately challenging game. Um, and honestly, I I kind of want, you know, I kind of want uh, Insomniac to go back and, uh, you know, m- make the next one because they've opened up the story in the universe to a lot of great possibilities of where it can go now. And... I just really want to play it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't, it, it is very um, sort of cliche to talk about games like, I'm playing a Pixar movie, but it, this is like the first game I've ever played where they take the, they take the PS5's technological uh, abilities to its absolute limit, and it really does feel like look like you're playing a Pixar movie. It's that good, um, and it's also just you know, there's just it, it was just fun. It was incredibly fun, and I want to play the next game in the series. I just wish Insomniac would hurry up and start working on it, but you know, maybe they are, you know, or maybe they're still working on Spider Man. I don't know. 
But um, so I was done with that. And so to sort of uh, wait until the next big release that comes out, you know, uh, Tuesday, um, I have been playing Far Cry New Dawn because I hadn't played a Far Cry game in a while. And I kind of felt like, you know, I was like, you know, just there is a sort of addictive quality to the formula, even if it is absurd on its surface. But what I found with Far Cry New Dawn is that it's actually very enjoyable, partly because I think the Far Cry formula works better for a post-apocalyptic setting than, like, all the other ones. Because in a lot of the other ones, you know, um, usually there is some, like, minor thing where you're like, you know, even if this is, like, a third-world country or whatever that I'm in, I don't think I need to do this much work, you know, getting a bunch of old shit online. Someone else would have done it. But here in this in this one, which, for just fixing to spoil a few years old game here, uh, Far Cry New Dawn is basically a direct sequel to Far Cry 5, which basically ended in a nuclear apocalypse. Um, so this game starts like some 17 plus years after that, um, meaning that there's still, like, radiation and stuff you have to deal with. And also, you know, the actual number of survivors, of course, obviously there's not going to be as many people after the nuclear apocalypse as before it. And also, you know, it makes sense that, you know, now that human is, humanity is coming out of the shelters and starting to try and rebuild society again, it actually makes sense that you're going out and trying to you know, restart all this old tech or trying to salvage stuff to make new tech, you know, stuff like that. It just, it makes better sense. Um, and overall, I'm legitimately enjoying it a lot more than I enjoyed Far Cry 5, which I just found kind of half-hearted and honestly kind of, just kind of cliche, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right, so yeah, let's get to some news here. Yep. Uh, it is the second half of the month, so PlayStation Plus's game catalog lineup has been announced mm-hmm. uh, for Extra and Premium. Yeah. And they're starting off with a big one here. Horizon Forbidden West is joining it Yep. on Tuesday, February 21st mm-hmm. uh, for PS4 and PS5. If you not have not checked that game out, so this is a good mm-hmm. time to join in. Mm-hmm. As uh, this game is one year old, and I believe the devs have said they're going to be doing some special stuff for this game. Yeah. Uh, I think at the very least they're putting out some new avatars for people to redeem on their accounts mm-hmm. for that stuff, as well as some other special stuff. So mm-hmm. there you go for that. That's one that's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also for PS5 and PS4, The Quarry. Already played it. <laughs> yeah. This is a a very good one of those from Supermassive Games. Yep, uh, set a new a new sort of style of horror movie, very much the the teen camp. Yeah, uh, horror movie with the also the weird monster stuff mm-hmm. in there uh, versus just the the big slasher kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, let's see for PS4, Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first person uh, Resident Evil game. Yeah. Uh, also playable with PSVR mm-hmm. uh, for that. So that's worth checking out. So there's Outriders for PS5 and PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pretty solid uh, loot shooter 
Mm -hmm. uh, from People Can Fly. Yeah. That one's, that one's worth checking out. Mm -hmm. uh, probably won't feel too great for a bit until you get a good gun. But yeah, once you do, it gets to be a lot better. Because mm -hmm. uh, the one you start with is just kind of a, a poop gun. And not a literal poop gun, but... It's just kind of crappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's all based on the loot. And the mm. guns you start with are not very good. Mm. Uh, let's see. Also for PS5 and PS4, Scarlet Nexus, the action RPG mm. uh, from one of Bandai Namco's anime game studios. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, created okay, the people behind Tales of Vesperia. Yeah. So there you go. And... Uh... From what I've been looking at, this looks like something I might actually want to check out because the story seems kind of right up my alley. But Yeah, there might be a demo out now if you want to check it out ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, not have to guarantee. Not have to commit to the, the space for it just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, also for PS5 and PS4, Borderlands 3. Mm -hmm. uh, also a good one of those. Yep. Uh, lead shooter. Uh, that'll... Mm -hmm. Play pretty well right up front compared to Outriders. Mm -hmm. uh, but they'll also have to deal with the Borderlands humor, which for this one's all right. Uh, it's very much the, the big bad guys are like streaming influencers mm -hmm. uh, for that. And they're, they're kind of a bit much, uh, but that's the Borderlands humor at this point. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That one's worth keeping an eye on mm. uh, for the PS4 Tekken 7. Uh, which mm -hmm. is a very good one of those. Yep. Uh, especially if you want to get ready for Tekken 8, whenever the hell that's out. Mm -hmm. uh, and that one has some new characters in it, as well as Akuma from Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. That I believe is supposed to be a very good conversion of that to the Tekken engine. So, mm -hmm. uh, Let's see. Also coming here, Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown for the PS4, mm -hmm. uh, as well as being playable for PSVR for the select missions it offers for that, but there you go for that. Uh, good flight combat game. Mm -hmm. uh, also for PS4, Earth Defense Force 5. If you want a very campy co-op shooter thing mm -hmm. uh, where you're just taking on hordes of uh, bugs and uh, insects and all that kind of stuff that are mm -hmm. taking over the Earth. Yep. Uh, very campy kind of game. Uh, also for PS4, Onionaki, uh, one of Square Enix's Tokyo RPG Factory games. Mm. Uh, I guess the, the latest one that yep. kind of just came and went. Yep. This is the third one of those, and those kind of did not fail, or they did fail to kind of reach the, the uh, potential of what those games could have been. Mm -hmm. Okay, looks like they're adding all of them. Lost Fear is also on here for PS4. Uh, it's another one of those. And then I Am Setsuna. Mm -hmm. Which is also, that was the first one the studio put out. Uh, that one very much has a battle system that is kind of like Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. But set in a more mellow world without a ton going on. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing I most remember about that game is a lot of the music is piano-based. Yep. Which isn't bad, but it's it's very chill piano music a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, except for, like, I think the 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 credits music, which actually has a violin along yeah. with piano, but yeah. Yeah. That one's kind of a very weird, like chill JRPG. Yeah. Also that... weirdly somber too. Yeah. 
Uh, there you go for that. And then the last one here for uh, Premium and Extra is mm-hmm. the Forgotten City for the PS4 and PS5, uh, which is a game that had a lot of people uh, talking about it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a narrative time loop game mm-hmm. uh, where you're in this sort of uh, Roman style city of people that uh, are going through some potential big events. Mm-hmm. And in the course of that going on, you end up in a time loop and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what course of events you need to do to uh, get out of this loop and stop the awful things that are going on here. Mm-hmm. So there you go. A lot of good stuff there for that, for the people with extra and premium uh, mm-hmm. for just premium members, the classic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some big stuff here too. Uh, there's the legend of dragoon mm-hmm. for the PS one. Uh, I believe that should have trophies. So mm-hmm. that's a cool one to add. Uh, Cause that's, one of the Sony JRPGs that people don't shut up about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear that all the time. Like people want a big budget remake of that. Yep. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen, but oh. you can, you can keep wishing. Yeah. <laughs> that game just did not have the impact that uh, people would have wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's wild arms two for the PS one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, another one of those wild arms. One is a, a very weird game. Oh Yeah. Uh, lots of weird enemy designs that I saw in the the couple hours I was playing. Yeah. Uh, then I got to the big city and I had no idea what to do. So <laughs> I have to look up a guide for that. But there you go for this one. This one probably have more trophies in it. So mm-hmm. there you go for that. And then Harvest Moon Back to Nature for PS One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is one of the the big ones in the series. There's that, and I think there's one on the PS Two is also sort of a landmark mm-hmm. game for the series for people. Uh, to which I guess what a wonderful life. I think is the PS2 one, mm-hmm. which they're remaking in the whatever the new version of Harvest Moon is, mm-hmm. uh, with the exact same subtitle to it. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. But there you go. And then yeah, let's see. Destroy All Humans for the PS4. This is the PS2 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one has been out for a while, so it's not a new thing, but. Uh, that's cool for people that uh, want to play that game. So you can yeah. check it out. Uh, so yeah, there's the classics. Some pretty good ones there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the entire lineup. Pretty good month. Mm. Uh, good month to put your uh, foot down and show how good this this service can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, people with new PS5s, and there's a lot of those, as it's been much more readily available mm. uh, since the holiday season. So. Mm. A lot of stuff to check out there. Yep. Also something you can check out, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, mm-hmm. is I think technically out for the, the Super Deluxe Edition. Yep. I think it has a, an early launch for that. Yeah. People have been able to check out, but I think it's out uh, like on Tuesday the 21st mm. uh, for everybody else. The peasants that don't want to pay extra money for <laughs> the game early. Yeah. Uh, but they have put out a combat demo, so if you want to play a little bit of combat, I, I assume it's maybe a couple of encounters mm-hmm. uh, for that uh, to get a, a look at how the game looks and how it plays. Mm. All that, it's on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC to check out. Uh, save data cannot be carried over to the full game, which is not a surprise. 
because I don't think you're playing like the start of the game or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Free demo to check out and uh, look at how shiny and new the graphics are looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one of like four or five game big games coming out this week coming up, uh, but also coming out uh, that just came out on Steam, Zero Wing. A game that you probably don't remember the name of, but you know the meme. Oh, the yeah. All your base are belong to us meme. Yep. Uh, the big problem with the release on Steam is that game is not on there. Nope. Uh, that is the... Uh, what version is that? I think it's the yeah, Genesis port mm-hmm. uh, or Mega Drive port that has the terrible translation yep. to it that became... One of the most infamous memes of all time. It may very well be. You could you could probably say it's essentially the meme that helped kickstart modern meme culture. There were internet memes before that, but none that had the kind of extreme like reach and durability that that one had before. Yeah. I believe that meme is referenced in a fairly recent commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what company it's for. I think it's some company advertising their tax uh, filing services. Mm-hmm. So it's like all your refunds, uh, all your refunds belong to us or belong mm-hmm. to us. Like reference they make. And I'm like, what the fuck is that showing up in a text commercial for? But if that's your reference, okay. Mm-hmm. That's not what the kids are looking for. Uh, but yeah, you can check out the an actual good translated version of it. Yeah. And then get to play a just kind of okay shooter. <laughs> yeah. It's there was a reason why there were a billion of these shooters coming out in the 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 mid to late eighties and throughout the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh that some of them were really good. A lot of them were just fine. Zero Ring's one of those that are fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is part of the, the ZOA plan release of a bunch of classic Bitwave games titles. Yep. And Zero Wing's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, a whole thing. But, yeah, unfortunately, it's like you're selling this version of the game. You're not selling the one that does the meme. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's owned by some other company. Yeah, it's possible. Uh Okay, they got an updated statement here from Bitwave Games explaining that the meme is missing due to a reimagined version of the original cutscene getting delayed during production. Mm. The team apologized for forgetting to update the Steam page. Uh, so I guess it will be added in an update at some point. At some point, I guess. But that seems like you should delay the game. Because mm-hmm. the main reason people are going to buy this is because they can experience the meme for themselves. Yeah. And somehow do it besides just downloading an old ROM. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's the death message you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be just something it takes next to no time <laughs> to get to. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. Zero Wings out there, uh, but does not have the the most memorable part of it mm. at the moment, at least. Uh, but let's see, Tetris Effect, that is getting re-released for uh, PS5 and PlayStation VR 2 mm. here coming up. Uh, I think they will have an update maybe the day before uh, to yeah. get the you know get it ready for that. 
Mm. Uh, but they're also adding a number of new modes to the game for everybody, all platforms, uh, to celebrate. So uh, everybody benefits from these new PS5 and PSVR2 versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so adding a classic score attack. Uh, Single-player version is now available in effects mode for yeah, with NTSC and PAL game speed included. Mm-hmm. There's a zone marathon mode, a new version of a marathon mode with zone mechanic. Mm-hmm. Purify mode, it's endless is now an option in purify mode. And master mode, endless is now an option in master mode. So mm. that's cool. It, they're making the game even better for more people. Mm. Uh, they also have a new video to show off that stuff in action if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to getting my PSVR 2. It's technically shipped in that the I think they've printed off a label on packaging, but it hasn't been picked up yet. But I think that's because yeah. it's probably getting picked up tomorrow and uh, shipped out in two days to me. I hope yeah. so. Uh, but we'll see. But uh, yeah. there you go for that. Uh, Power Simulator is getting its Midgar special pack mm-hmm. March 2nd. Uh, so that's pretty soon, uh, about yeah. two weeks from now. Uh, that will give you uh, a new little mini campaign that's in the special section Yep. that uh, goes alongside the Tomb Raider one mm-hmm. that lets you check out uh, five new jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see what they're involving here. Uh, let's see. I think you'll wash a. This is like a mini version of the Mako reactor, or the the Mako, or the 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 whole plate kind of thing. This mm. might be a museum thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now here the the Hardy Daytona and Shinra hauler. Mm. Uh, so that's the I think the truck and the motorcycle that you use to escape the city before it crushes mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the mighty scorpion sentinel mm-hmm. that you're cleaning up because why not? Uh, the charming seventh heaven that is the mm-hmm. sector seven bar that Tifa runs mm-hmm. uh, with Barrett's, and I guess you'll have to clean that pinball table that I'm hoping opens up us, you know, a basement floor mm-hmm. uh, that you'll have to clean as well. Yeah, there's a, a Mako Energy exhibit mm-hmm. uh, from the Shinra building. Uh, that has all sorts of shit all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they probably laid off all their maintenance people to mm-hmm. clean that up. So they hired you. And then, uh, yeah, you get to clean the formidable Airbuster, the big, super mm-hmm. powerful mech from the game. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Some more cool stuff to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. probably be DLC for all the versions of the game. So yep. that's another cool. A uh, little thing to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, excited to have that. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Also coming in March, Romance Sylvania. Which is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's coming to X, uh, Xbox Series X and X, PS5, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be out later for Switch. Uh, this is a Metroidvania. Yeah. Heavily influenced by Castlevania. Yeah, but where there's also a dating element. Yep. Uh, with the other characters. Uh huh. Yeah, as it says here, Romancevania is both a loving parody of Metroidvanias and fresh take on dating and games. Mm-hmm. Dive into this unforgettable action dating experience featuring in-depth weapon and magic-based combat, 
mm-hmm. exploration-based platforming, and a cast of gorgeous monsters that will steal your heart. Mm. So yeah. Will Jack find of- love at first bite, or will he discover love sucks? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. It's basically a uh, Castlevania clone combined with uh, you know dating game stuff. Yeah, what people wanted out of Hades. Yeah, more or less. Where they wanted to actually date every character. Well, I mean, it's not their fault that basically, you know, Supergiant made every single freaking person in that cast just unbelievably hot. Yeah. Like, but then again, I mean, Hades takes place in Greek mythology. You know, horny on Maine is kind of the basic concept there. Yeah. But there you go. You'll be able to yeah. check that out soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Hitting March 14th, Valheim is coming to the Xbox consoles mm-hmm. uh, for game preview as well as Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you will be able to transfer your progress over from the PC version, uh, at least the PC Game Pass version. Mm. I doubt you'll be able to pro- bring progress over from the Steam version, but... yeah. Uh, have you played this? No. Yeah. Uh, I haven't either. It is a survival game, sort of in yeah. the vein of like a a Minecraft, but with more action to it. Mm-hmm. Where it's a lot of Norse mythology stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like giant trolls and uh, various other creatures that want to fuck with you all the time. Yeah. Um, it was really hot at the start of the pandemic, or early mm-hmm. on in the pandemic, and then I believe with the the updates kind of not making big, you know, evolutions in the game mm-hmm. uh, mechanics and all that, that people kind of lost their their hotness for it. But mm-hmm. I believe plenty of people are still enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious I mean, to how fair, that plays on a. To be fair, like Amazon's The New World was also like really hot when it first came out, and then it just dropped off. But unlike Valheim, the new world apparently lost pretty much everybody who played it. Yeah. I'm trying to see what Steam says about that. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. It's not very high. Valheim is at 24 mm. right now, so that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, new world is at 46. Mm-hmm. With about 18,000 people on right now at a peak mm. of 26,000, so it's not too bad. But Amazon also has Lost Ark, I think, is theirs as well. Mm-hmm. And that one is number four. Mm. So I think they got a bit of a better start there. Yeah, it's peaked at 204,000 today. Mm-hmm. Ahead, of, uh, ahead of a bunch of other games here. Modern Warfare 2, you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Lost Ark's more popular than that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. You can check that out uh, in mid-March. Mm-hmm. Also happening in mid-March, there's an open beta for Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, early access is March 17th to the 19th for people that yeah. pre-ordered the game. And 24th to the 26th for everybody else. Yeah. So you can get a little taste of what that game is going to be. It's Diablo, so you already kind of have an idea. Yeah, they seem to be doing more work on endgame stuff and making the the world a bit more... Fleshed out? Like a live service game, I guess. Ugh. Versus, you know, when you play Diablo 3, 
enemies are in the same place as they are every single time. Ah. And I think that this has more stuff going on to it. Mm-hmm. I have like bosses showing up to fuck shit up every once in a while, like like in Destiny's open open, open world stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious to see what that's all about. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the dates we have right now. Uh, there is uh, one big new game that got announced here. Sea mm-hmm. Smash VRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, a VR version of the Sega Dreamcast game Cosmic, Cosmic Smash. Yep. Uh, which is a game I'd never heard before. I guess it's because it only released on uh, the Dreamcast in Japan. Yep. It had like select arcade releases in mm-hmm. Japan and Europe. So literally not having a legal way to play this mm-hmm. in uh, North America uh, for that, but the, apparently it was like a very stylish kind of weird futuristic tennis game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, from what the screenshots of this new game looks like, uh, they kept a lot of that same kind of style to it. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of you know playing against other people mm-hmm. uh, in this kind of stuff, and they got a lot of cool stuff, cool people working on this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf and Wood is the developer who. Yeah, been working on the PSVR 2 game, The Last Worker. Uh, they have, uh, let's see, musicians Ken Ishii, who's worked on Res Infinite, mm-hmm. and Danalog, The Comet is Coming in Soccer 96. Art director Rob Davis from The Motherless Oven, a sound designer Dan Pugsley, worked on Alba, A Wildlife Adventure. So a lot of cool people there. Yeah, the trailer looks pretty neat. Uh, they have. A demo that will be coming out March 23rd for PSVR 2. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, I'll be able to play with another player online or in a solo training mode. Mm. Uh, the game will be out later this year at some point. So that's cool. That's kind of a surprising thing. This, I think, is something that they teased a while back uh, with a, a website that it was called like csmash.something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this looks pretty neat. And kind of cool stuff that you know companies can do for VR. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Mm. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And next up, MLB the show 23 that mm-hmm. we talked about last week is coming to uh all the, the consoles mm-hmm. in I think March 28th. Yep. Uh they announced one of their big new features for this year, which is a storylines mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will feature the Negro Leagues yep. as part of it. Yeah. Uh, featuring eight uh, players. Mm-hmm. i trying to see if they got a list here. Buck O'Neill, Hilton Smith, Hank Thompson, John Donaldson, Jackie Robinson, Martin DeHigo, yep. Rube Foster, and Satchel Page. Yep. Uh, eight great players. They partnered with the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Mm-hmm. That is in, I think, Kansas City. That is a place that people like a lot to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they worked with the the president of the museum, Bob Kendrick, to mm-hmm. help bring these players' stories to life. Yeah, in the game, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, introduce these players and their stories, narrated by Bob Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a multi-year partnership, uh, so they're planning to expand this. You know, in the next few years as well with more players. Mm-hmm. 
you know, each year they'll introduce a new group of Negro League legends and their stories to play rightful tribute to these mostly unknown baseball superstars. Hmm. Uh, I think the two here that people would know is Jackie Robinson and Satchel Paige. Yep. Because uh, Jackie Robinson obviously broke the color barrier mm-hmm. in the major leagues. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately died very young uh-huh. as a result of a lot of stress and yeah. all that that came with that. Central uh, yeah. Page was one of the best pitchers from the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. Came to, I believe, the Cleveland Indians at the time. Yep. To play, as well as played in some other teams as well. Yeah. And just showed off and dominated big mm-hmm. time. Uh, yep. So, yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a part of baseball history that people don't know enough about. Yeah. Um, pretty much the color line in baseball was established pretty much before the 20th century even started. Um, And uh, basically it wouldn't take, you know, like Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier until it finally, you know, that would cease to exist. Uh, Last I checked, the last Negro League was in 1951. So, yeah, yeah, it took a little while. Yep. And I believe I'm reading this right. Rube Foster... Either was born or started playing in 1879. I think he was probably born then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they got some different date ranges here, and I assume that might be just when they're born. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Satchel Page, they have just question marks because I guess he might not have ever made that a known figure. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's a it's a group of players that people don't know so well. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the those two, but yeah, yeah. There are a handful of players that came out of there that mm-hmm. people would know, but yeah, it's a, a part of the, the history of baseball in this country that yeah should be told, should be mm-hmm. more accessible. Uh, unfortunately, there are some responses I've seen being like, oh, who cares? <sighs> because it's, 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 it's gamers, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, why are we focusing on these black people? It's like, because at least six of these people were not allowed to play yeah. in the biggest league in the country. Mm-hmm. The and two of them ended up becoming legends. Yeah. So it's a big part of the sports history. Yeah. And it's also the same sport where there was a Native American that played for, I believe, Cleveland. Jim Thorpe. Yeah. And oh, I, don't, I forget if it was him. It might have been a different person, but... He essentially, as a result of being Native American, kind of got harassed enough to the point he just would just drink himself to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. Just being a real big uh, sort of yeah. bad place every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been. I'm not. It might not have been. Jim Thorpe is when I think of like you know Native athlete, yeah. like legendary. He's the he one. He was like an Olympian. Like- well, he was an all-arounder. He pl- yeah. plays, He did play baseball, but he played like a bunch. He also, you know, played football and a bunch of other sports. Yeah. Um, I know he played for the Giants. Um, he also played for the Tampa Cardinals. Uh, yeah, it might have been another dude. No, no, no. He did. He was with the Cleveland Indians, but he was a coach. Yeah. This is Louis Sokalexis. All right. Who was the person that I guess they named the team after, essentially. Yeah, not not technically because not technically that uh, that was sort of the excuse that they gave. Yeah, Have you ever seen like the early? There's a big comic newspaper comic that was put out 
in the wake of this being like, the reason they named it is because the Boston Braves were really successful and named themselves yeah. after Native American. Yeah. Uh, so they decided, well, we'll do that too because we got to be, you know, the racism will rub off on us and give us good luck. Yeah, and they did it in just the worst way possible. Yeah, I have it downloaded because it's 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 bad. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Oh, the stupid thing sorted differently. Uh, yeah. Apparently it was so bad that even people back then there were no brother. Yeah. It was the it was the local media that did this. Yeah. Too. That was like helped pick the name. There you go. I put it in the chat. Yeah. Or they got a version of the Chief Wahoo character saying heat big stick. Yeah. Uh you know, the player putting on, you know, the headdress is like, Oh, this is nice headgear. Mm-hmm. Uh you know. Lots of shitty stuff in this. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of history that they should definitely look into in this sport. Yeah. Because it is very much an American sport mm-hmm. in every way. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's MLB show, The Show 23, making some mm-hmm. cool new content in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also cool, uh, Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. As well as Double Fine and their sort of history of documentary stuff with two-player productions, mm-hmm. which did the amazing Double Fine Adventure uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. I forget if they had a specific name for it, but this one's called Psych Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That is a whopping 32 episodes. Mm-hmm. That is all now on their YouTube channel for free mm-hmm. to watch. Uh yeah, that seems like it's really well worth watching if you want to see the yeah. entire sort of development mm-hmm. history of Psychonauts 2, which is a, a thing we don't see enough for games. Mm-hmm. It's usually either done well after the game's done, mm-hmm. and people talk about you know the good and bad, or mostly the good things mm-hmm. that happen. This one, I assume like Double Fine Adventure goes through everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, this game was in development hell. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, luckily, sort of came out of it in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw recently, Tim Schaefer was talking about getting his office fixed up for the first time since they moved into that building. Yeah. And he showed his couch that had been just sitting up against the window uh-huh. for years and pulled it out. And it looked like the, the texture on like a, a pixel couch. Because uh-huh. the parts that were sitting in the window yeah. were bright gray, mm-hmm. and the ones that weren't were dark gray. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, this is what happens when you don't move this thing for, you know, fifteen, twenty years." Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like joking about that as being a pretty good texture for a couch in a video game. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's a cool thing you can watch. Yep. Uh, let's get to some less cool things. Yeah. Uh, this one involving CDPR, uh, yeah. the new version of The Witcher 3. Yeah. Uh, has a bunch of mods in it that they worked with the devs of those yeah. mods to incorporate. And somehow uh, a vagina mod yeah. made it into there that uh, they say they are going to be taking out. Yeah. Uh, this is a mod that I guess if you manage to somehow see under the clothes of the female uh, characters in the game. Yeah. They did not have any female anatomy. It was just sort of Mm Barbie-like down there. 
Uh, and so the somebody made a mod, of course, to add realistic-looking vaginas to the game. Yeah, realistic being sort of the operative term, because uh, yeah, uh, pretty sure that those you know landing strips don't uh, happen in nature. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they talk about how this probably was uh, part of just mods that somebody had when they were working on this update and just never took it out. It was, I have a feeling it was like probably part of a package or something. Yeah. Uh, obviously they never asked them permission for yeah. it. And it's not something you would necessarily want in the game. Cause this could cause their rating to be changed to, to an AO. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, t- honestly, yeah. it kind of, it really shouldn't, but you know, this is the U S so. Yeah. Uh, that's the big question is like, well, they're putting out physical versions pretty soon. Is this yeah. on there? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a, a, f- a funny thing. But yeah, kind of wild to have the big headline for CDPR right now being, oh, did you hear about the, the Vagina mod? That's yeah. in The Witcher 3. Yeah. On consoles. So yeah, there you go. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the Switch did not get that update at all. So. <laughs> Where they got all their hentai games at. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Like a lot of them. Not as much as Steam, where they said, where people are like, hey, Vampire Survivors is big. What if we make hentai Vampire Survivors? And it's like, it's a terrible game because all you focused on is making sexy ladies in there. Yeah. And none of the stuff that makes the actual Vampire Survivor good. Yeah. Somebody will crack that code at some point. Yeah, definitely. But not right now. Nope. Uh, so yeah, there you go. The Vagina Mod. Uh, this next one involves Genshin Impact, a yep. a game that is mired in toxicity, mostly oh. from its fan base. Yeah. Um, but luckily this one time, it involved one of the voice actors. Yeah. A voice actor named Elliot Gindy, mm-hmm. uh, who is voicing Tig- Tignari, mm-hmm. uh, who had... Uh, accusations of sexually inappropriate relationships with fans Mm -hmm. uh, get out there. He admitted to it. Yep. And they ended up coming to an agreement to uh, no longer have him in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a smart move. Mm. I'm sure there are people that are mad about it. Of course. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? They're like a drop in the bucket compared to the rest of the game's, you know, customer base, so... Yeah, and it's it's a game of anime voice actors. There's a billion mm-hmm. of those. Yeah. They'll be able to replace them just fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. That's char- or the character's probably still in there. Just the, the voice acting is gone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, yeah. One of Gindy's Twitch moderators, previous service moderator for his Discord channel as well, wrote a bombshell document that detailed his alleged interactions with fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to read more of that. You can read it if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great stuff at all. Yeah. Definitely worthy of getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's probably the least terrible of these announcements here, but yeah. uh, two of the big names at Firaxis have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studio head, Steve Martin, mm-hmm. as well as the director of the XCOM games and Midnight Suns, Jake, Jake Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, is also leaving. Uh, they've been there for more than two decades. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that's big news. Uh, I don't think it's bad news for the studio because uh, that leaves them uh, with the ability to, you know, promote fresh blood up to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the chief operating officer, Heather Hazen, will replace Steve Martin as studio head. Uh, so they have a, a woman in charge that's been there for a while, too. Mm-hmm. Or no, she's been there since 2020. So she joined during the pandemic. So that's cool. She was an executive producer on Fortnite at Epic Games, as well as uh, for Plants vs. Zombies and Bejeweled at Pop Popcap Games. Mm. That's a name we haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Because they're dead. Mm-hmm. Fortunately. Thank God. Uh, let's see. And yeah, Jake Solomon is leaving for a new venture. I don't know if they're together leaving. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, unfortunate news for uh, fans and all that. But mm-hmm. I think they'll have plenty of chances to do cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think th- I saw that the Fraxis Games or 2K, I forget, tweeted out like, don't worry, we're still working on we're working on a new Civ game. I was like, yeah, no shit. Uh, so yeah, there you go. They're working on a new Civ game, mm-hmm. uh, which people like a lot and get a bunch of content updated to it. So everybody's yep. obligated to buy it at some point. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, Teresa's gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game you can get regularly on consoles for eighty percent off. Yep, eighty to ninety percent off. Uh, Maybe a little less if you want all the DLC with it, but mm. uh, those games are fantastic and terrible at the same time if you only want to play a little bit of it. You don't have eight hours to play at once. Mm. Uh, those are the games that make you realize, wait, it's only six o'clock, and then you realize that, no, it's six in the morning. Mm-hmm. You've been up all night. You fucking idiot. So, yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. Back to some more actual bad news. Mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard. Yeah. They're a place that some people work at, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But uh, Activision Blizzard heads, uh, I think mostly Mikey Barra, mm-hmm. head of Blizzard, wants to force everybody back into the office at least three yeah, times a week. This is the, the big war that corporations are going after right now is getting everybody back to the office because mm-hmm. they're paying a lot of money for that office space. And they want people to use it even if it's a pain in the ass to get back there. Mm-hmm. And especially for places like Blizzard and Activision, where they have a lot of remote workers mm-hmm. that definitely do not want to have to move or do you know, expensive or time-consuming commutes mm-hmm. into, the, into the city, because you know, Blizzard's headquartered around Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, an expensive place to live. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's been the thing that's been pissing people off a lot mm-hmm. uh, that work there as let's see yeah the, the tweets from least my hair is okay blizzard employee and customer support mm-hmm. uh, spells this all out in their twitter thread uh let's see the majority of employees at abk have no interest in returning to office either full-time or part-time mm-hmm. this isn't to say that nobody sees the value in an office environment but we've overall decided the risks do not outweigh those benefits mm-hmm Getting the giant elephant in the room out of the way, COVID continues to be a threat to life and ability to, despite government guidelines, mm-hmm. is a mass disabling disease. And many of our workers or their families are at high risk of complications should they catch it. Further mm-hmm. work from home arrangements have resulted in employees having more time since they aren't losing it in commutes, lowered gas slash insurance costs, as well as the ability to live further away from the expensive cities we labor in. 
equates to more effective take-home pay. Mm. And it keeps going on for a while. It's a, a big thread there, but it seems like Activision Blizzard may be backing off a bit here mm. as Mikey Barr has been uh, making statements to the effect of like, oh, we don't want to, you know, people that already have arrangements for uh, remote work stuff can keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's everybody else we want to get back into the office, that kind of stuff. Uh, also, the comments that are quoted mm-hmm. here in the game developer article are very much uh, showing that he is just, you know, an executive asshole. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, just very much talking shit to these people mm-hmm. that they don't deserve. Mm. Not at all. Like, you're an executive that forced out your your co-CEO because she was getting the pay the same as him, despite having been at the company 20 years longer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, it's a thing that's, you know, you see a lot of companies that are, you know, expanding their remote working yeah. uh, capabilities like Bungie and uh, Insomniac. Mm-hmm. That I saw in like the past week or so, like bragging about how many States they allow remote workforce mm-hmm. in. Uh, like I saw, James Stevenson at Insomniac basically being like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have employees in 34 states across the country. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, positions that for more people to join us mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, it turns out remote work doesn't really change the capability of these teams to put out great games uh, and work effectively without having to uh, waste a bunch of time and commute and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as, you know, still be able to work effectively because the tools have improved so that they can, you know, sync all their work together mm-hmm. uh, to spend a bunch of time uh, figuring out internet shit at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, a thing they should be embracing more because it's uh, less rent and all that for office space that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, sell off that office space for a bunch of money. Mm. So, yeah, there you go. That Division Blizzard King can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Let people keep working as they are. Yeah. Then we're on our last story here involving uh, Mick Gordon, who has mm. been working on Atomic Heart, uh, music for that game. Mm. And there's been a bit of a controversy going on with Atomic Heart for the past little bit mm-hmm. uh, because the studio is. Uh, has connections to Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they may have been founded in Russia and they may be moved away when mm-hmm. the, uh, the war on Ukraine. Well, they're based in Cyprus. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's sort of a lot of potential controversy over sort of their connections to Russia and they're not really making any statement on the war itself. Which, I, to be honest, I don't really fault them for that. Because they're still technically a Russian company, which means that they're under, still have to operate under Russian jurisdiction. Yeah. And anybody who tells you what it's like to be living in Russia right now, you basically cannot have any slightly nuanced opinion that isn't the part, that isn't, you know, the Putin line without basically getting tossed out of a window. Yeah. They're kind of in a rock and a hard place, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, it's still been sort of like a controversy of a, like, you know, 
if I buy this game, where does my money go to? Yeah. How much of it does it go to Russia? Yeah. See, I'm playing, you know, that's kind of why, one of the reasons why I decided, you know, use it for, uh, you know, get it from, um, you know, Game from Pass. Game Pass. Yeah. 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 Mick Gordon said, like, hey, I'm getting paid by this, essentially getting mm-hmm. paid with Russian war money, essentially. Mm-hmm. And said, like, hey, without a big statement, uh, saying that, you know, he is donating his fee from the game to the Australian Red Cross's Ukraine Crisis Appeal Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in support of the people of Ukraine who are heroically defending their country against aggression, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. The Red Cross is maybe not the greatest company or the charity to donate to. Unfortunately. Yeah, but he's at least putting his money to some sort of charitable cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and showing that he cares about that mm-hmm. uh, that stuff, so that's good on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least put some good stuff out there. Uh, mm-hmm. How about people in need, mm-hmm. but not always as much as people would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so if you're looking to donate to charities, definitely do a little research and see how much of the money you put in would mm-hmm. go directly to the people that are supposed to be getting help. Yeah. Because a number of these charities have can do like all oh, 25% gets to them or 10%. It's like, what the fuck is this money going to? Yeah. Like it, it is understandable that a portion of it sell because you know they got a they got operation costs and everything, but yeah, you know, when only like 10% of it is going to the actual people who need it, then you've got a scam on your hands. Yeah, and it's like, don't confuse that for, like, nonprofit company, people that work in nonprofit companies getting paid like they're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. But there's a lot of these that have extra overhead that doesn't seem like it needs to be. hmm Especially for, you know, the bigger the charity seems like the bigger potential for that to be an issue. hmm And the Red Cross is one of those companies. Mm-hmm. As well as just look up for any controversies so, you know, like, don't donate to the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. Because they hate LGBTQ people. Yeah. They find out any of their people are of that group, they fire mm-hmm. them immediately. Yeah. And that's why it's always annoying that the NFL is a big sponsor of them. Mm-hmm. Features them in their Thanksgiving games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There you go. Mm. Mick Gordon doing some some good there mm. uh, for what he can control. Uh, but yeah, if you don't want to directly give money to mm-hmm. uh, the developers that can uh, trickle down to Russia, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, get it on Game Pass or play something else. It's not mm-hmm. there's like 50 games coming out this month. It's there's plenty of other places to check out mm-hmm. games. All right. So either way you go. Yeah, do something good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for the show this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Brandon for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. As I will have had that and we'll be streaming some of the games I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know that they should check it out. As well mm-hmm. as... Select strangers that uh, uh, also support 
the Ukrainians in the war on Ukraine. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Hope you have a good one. And yeah, we'll see you all next time.